Before we get started, I've got to tell you guys, PFF.com right now, if you're listening to this on Monday morning, the newest edition of the draft guide is up there. So go get it. You get it with a PFF Edge subscription. You also get the NFL draft big board, all of the premium content. Plus you get it for a full year. You get all of the great fantasy rankings and tools along with that as well. But the draft guide, it's amazing. It's like an absolute gold mine. You'll learn about every single player. It's like five, six pages per player. So go make that happen right now. Start studying. So you know who these guys are come draft season. PFF.com, PFF Edge subscription, PFF NFL Draft Guide. It's out now. Okay, now we can start. Welcome to the March 28th edition of the PFF Forecast. We're in remote locations, again, battling through. You're in Minnesota. I'm here live in Cincinnati, um, and we've got a great show. We're going to talk. It's been now a couple of days since the trade. There's some more thoughts that have been percolating. Um and we're going to talk about the Miami two moves. Was it really one? How should we look at it? A little bit on Philadelphia. And then take a look where the market kind of is predicting uh, each player to go. So that'll be a lot of fun. And then we're going to talk about the 17 games. No extra bye week. What does that seven, week 17 or 17th game slate look like? We're going to guess some lines. It's going to be a lot of fun. Let's rock. Um, but let me tell you, let me give you a sense of how all over the place I've been. <laughs> I have, uh, convinced myself it was going to be Justin Fields to the Niners. I've convinced myself it's going to be Trey Lance to the point where I went and bet a lot of money on Trey Lance. Okay. I bet on Trey Lance to be the player selected by, or to go to the Niners. Um, and I, I bet on Lance to be the third overall pick. So I got uh, seven to one on being the third overall pick and I got four to That's one. That's a good number. I got four to one on him being picked before fields as well. So I think those are good numbers. So, okay. So I went all in on Trey Lance. I decided he was going to be picked first. <laughs> and then I go, oh, no, maybe it's not Lance. Maybe it's Mac Jones. I've gotten all the way today to maybe Kellen Mond is their guy based on this rationale, Eric. Chris Sims was on our podcast. Talked about liking Kellen Mond. Kyle Shanahan was on Chris Sims' podcast. Kyle Shanahan doesn't do anyone's podcast. He was on Sims' podcast. Maybe they think alike. So I'm all over the place. Man, that would be. I know. Um, with I know Sims talked about on our show how he had NFL executives saying, "Hey, cool it with the Mond stuff. We wanted to get him." It's sort of like, you know, it's, bring it always, bring it back to him. But this was like Mahomes, right when. At 27, they thought they could get him there, and then the steam happened, and they had to move all the way up to 10, which was sort of unforeseen, uh, you know, in January, February of 2017. Um, that would be quite the turn of events, right? You know, uh, Justin Fields goes from, you know, possibly being in the conversation for the one pick at this time mm-hmm. last year, um, you know, and, and looking a year ahead, all the way now to being like a, an afterthought relative to Kellen Mon and Trey Lance just like think about if you're fields fields almost didn't have a season right the big 10 season was more or less canceled in late July he was outspoken about getting them to play and he was outspoken about getting a chance to play he takes 
So he didn't have a, a perfect season. He had a rough game against Northwestern. He didn't play all that great in the national championship game, but he outdueled Trevor Lawrence in the semifinals with broken ribs and broken ribs. And he goes, and obviously they go and play Alabama and I believe, no, they didn't cover the spread against Alabama. Notre Dame covered the spread against Alabama. But they, you know, he didn't look embarrassing in that game. Trey Lance plays one nondescript FCS game in the fall and wasn't good through his first interception as a collegiate player. And, and it's sort of, it's really, and then Kellen Mond, who really, I mean, I think, you know, we were, we were trying to find Chris Sims's point when we had him on the show. But let's, let's, let's not. Let's face facts. Mond is a step below all these guys. And it's just crazy to me that, that Fields has to go through this. So I was doing some Lance and Fields comparing. And first off, let me get something very, very clear. You go to PFF.com. You get the PFF NFL Draft Guide. You can look at their data. There's no comparison. There's none. Okay. It, Trey Lance has a far smaller sample size and against worse competition. And Justin Fields has graded better. He has performed better on a much larger sample. And the knock on Justin Fields is, oh, he doesn't process super well. He took longer to throw against the blitz than he did not against the blitz. You know who that's also true for, though, is Mine. Trey Lance. Is Trey Trey Lance. Lance. And, and I looked at this, and this, is, this was something that's very interesting. What really sticks out is how quick Trevor Lawrence and Mac Jones got rid of the ball. Zach Wilson's a little bit more of an extend the play guy, but his time to throw still in that like two, eight range Lance and fields are the guys that get up to the three, three, one, three twos. And both of them have massively higher sack rates against the blitz than the other three. I mean, it's like a huge difference and fields is the worst took 29 sacks against the blitz. No one else came within 10 of him over the last couple of seasons. Um, But Lance also doesn't have a ton of these anticipatory throws. You go look at them and you go horizontal leads, secondary Mm -hmm. throws. Like he doesn't have a whole lot of them and didn't, he wasn't particularly good either. His accuracy rate. I found this incredible. His accuracy rate in 2019, those are ball uh, ball placement on the receiver's frame basically was the lowest of this entire draft class. And he also threw to the fewest number of tight windows. So he had open receivers and was still one of the least accurate. That That's tough for me to imagine him being the third guy. But then you listen to Quincy Avery, well-known quarterback coach for Deshaun Watson, a lot of other guys um, who was working with Trey Lance, J- uh, Justin, uh, Jalen Hurts, another guy, and a whole host of guys. And he talks about how Tre- uh, Trey Lance was diagnosing plays pre-snap and all this stuff that's exciting for coaches. And I'm like, okay, that's great, but don't you still have to make the throws? And I figure that Kyle Shanahan is going to care a lot about that. Um, So it's hard for me to actually get Lance above, but here's how I think of it. And tell me if you think this is accurate. The San Francisco 49ers took Solomon Thomas instead of Patrick Mahomes or Deshaun Watson. They lose to Patrick Mahomes in the Super Bowl because their great pass rush is almost there, and then it's not there on the most important play of the game. And to be honest with you, this hasn't happened to me, but this is why people hate me. But um, this is the one that got away, always coming back in your mind, in my opinion. And Patrick Mahomes may have been the one that almost got away, Deshaun Watson, the one that almost got away, and then comes back to bite them 
and they're still thinking about it. And that's why these two guys are probably so enticing. Yeah. And George, here's a question. Assuming Wilson and Lawrence go one, two, two, one, whatever. How, do you think that the Niners have made this decision? Wow. Like, are they still? Like, yeah. Cause we'll talk about the dolphins in a second here, but you know, the dolphins, interestingly, I think most hmm. people, you know, then they did lose the trade, the second trade with Philly. Uh, they lose it 66% of the time. I apparently was more positive about the, the hole on Friday than maybe I should have been. But the Dolphins sort of put themselves in a position at pick six where they can let the market sort of make this decision for them. Mm-hmm. And they don't necessarily have to have a ton of conviction. The Niners, not quite there, right? But the Niners at three now are sort of – they can still be in that information gathering state. Like they could mm-hmm. almost be in a position where they're, they took three without knowing that they really want, let's say, let's say that they're thinking internally fields, 50% Lance, 10, 40%, another quarterback, 10%. And if Zach will, if, if the jets do the inexplicable, which we talked about how that market's moved minus 200 to Wilson, second pick minus 500. Now, if, if the, Jets do something inexplicable, then now you have this whole thing opened up to you, right? Yeah. I I wonder if that trade was just, you know, it, I, I watched Rounders. You know, this is a position raise, right? Like, I think, like, they might have just, like, put themselves in, like, a spot where they're, like, okay, um, you know, we'll let the, we'll let some of these chips sort of fall where they may. And, and, but I don't know if they're, like, we went up to get this particular player yet. I think that's a really good point. And by the way, I, I want to mention this. There's some rumors out there like, oh, they're going to take Panay Sewell and have this incredible offensive line. I don't you recommend I don't recommend doing crack cocaine. That That is what I have to say about that. <laughs> I don't <laughs> recommend doing crack. I see people all the time on my, my way to crack. work. Yeah, that are passed out on the sidewalk. Don't do crack. Um, I think there's... A, <laughs> I think there's a decent, decent chance that that's the case. I think there's also a chance, and I know this is wishful thinking, but it's way easier to convince yourself that Sam Darnold still has superstar potential than a lot of other quarterbacks out there. And, um, you know, I wouldn't completely, I wouldn't completely throw that out, out of the way either that the Niners know that because of the Sala connection and, and and we're you know we're willing to go to three for that reason, but it would be weird to me if you feel strongly enough to go up to three, like you've got a you have to have I think one of those guys in mind if you know Wilson's gone right. Yeah, I think so. Because I, that but, was a huge price. I mean, they paid three first-round picks yeah. to move up. So if mm-hmm. you're like, I don't know yet, I just know I want one, that feels a little wishy-washy. You'd be like, oh, and here's three first-round picks for something, for a mystery box, so to speak. Like, I have to think that Kyle Shanahan has spent a ton of time watching film and has decided this is the guy, okay, this is the replica of the one that got away, and I'm going to go get this guy and turn him into a superstar. And I also think like the Jimmy G thing is interesting because they're doing what would be driving up the price by saying we're keeping Jimmy G. 
Um, but there may be, you know, like there really may be something too. We got beat by the chiefs. This is what the chiefs did. We're going to do this. And like the Jimmy G Alex Smith analog is there. The Patrick Mahomes, you know, Trey Lance, Justin Fields, super mobile guy that can do anything with his arm is there. I'm just saying. Well, and the Niners, much like the 2017 Chiefs, are probably good enough to win a division with Jimmy G, right? Like, it's just the Mm long-term viability of it that they're worried about. The Chiefs also gave up a lot less. They they only gave up two ones and a three, four, but they only got up to ten. I mean, so it's sort of apples to oranges there. But you're right. I mean, I do agree. I think when you look at – I don't know how much you've watched – like. It's so sad, but I've watched that Super Bowl way more than I've watched the just the most recent one. But if you look at not surprised what hurt the Niners in that game, it was very much Garoppolo being unable to do anything off script, right? Mm-hmm. He had a I thought Shanahan had a very good game plan in that game. And even down to the front the Frank Clark sack to seal the game was after four seconds. Like Jimmy G like should have, you know, and he missed the throw to Sanders and all that stuff. Yep. So I can I can totally see sort of a I got us there and you know like the the 28-3 game you know with Kyle it's like well our defense failed right hold on hold on actually I just thought of this because I think it's good to bring up that game because we keep hearing the Matt Ryan you know he loved Matt Ryan comparison but remember remember that uh I forget the exact context but um, everyone was ranting and raving after the fact that the Ravens didn't run the ball on the down that that um, the sack yeah, fumble. Yeah, the high tower Ryan. sack fumble. Okay. okay. Now, Matt Ryan, great quarterback, but that may be playing in Shanahan's mind as well, which is like, yeah. look, I can have a really good quarterback, but I need someone, like I can't just win it on the sideline. I need somebody who the one time that my perfect play call gets fucked up they are going to like they are going to be the force multiplier to quote you for my scheme because when it doesn't work they will be able to get us out of it on those two to three plays a game that that to me is even more plausible than the oh i love kirk cousins and matt ryan i need a replica of that yep that that could be very much the case Uh, it's interesting i so let's let's end this conversation with asking you a question as the niners person and i'll i'll give my answer when you're done who do the Niners take? This is f- fascinating. On DraftKings uh, Sportsbook right now, our friends, Trey Lance to the 49ers, minus 110. Justin Fields to be drafted by the 49ers, minus 125. Yeah. Um, so I am still going Fields. I think it is l- – let me say this. The first thing anyone mentions with Fields are the – the nitpicky things that are wrong with his game. The first thing people mention with Trey Lance is the fact that you don't know. He's got all this athleticism. And I, I like to believe that the, that Kyle Shanahan and, and John Lynch are not exactly the uh, you know, the the media that is just like overreacting to these kinds of narratives. So I'm still going to go fields. I think it's really close. And I love the fact that I have seven to one and four to one. I'll be at small fucking limits because the markets suck. But um, I love that, that I have those on Lance given I, I'm going fields by a hair. Yeah, I, I think, yeah, I think you're holding on to some great tickets. I don't know if they win, but they're, they're good tickets. I, I will they're winning also either way. 
I will I will also go with Fields. Um, I don't think there's a chance to take Mac Jones. I don't think there's a chance to take Kellen Mond. I they would be if they move that up that far to take Kellen Mond this far ahead in the process. You talk about crack cocaine. Like <laughs> I, I just I, they've been spending too much time on the corner of Hate Nashbury. If that's the case, I, I I just don't see it. And and not to say like I actually think Mon like after you know sort of going through some of his data, it's, there's it's not awful. Um, but but that that's a player that you take in the second round. I'll let Jalen Hurts and hope for the best. That's not a top three pick. Can I say one more thing? I I did spend some time hashtag grinding the tape on um on some on some of these guys and um i feel like if you were a guy that loved josh allen and i was a guy that liked josh allen remember that back in the day you did there's a little of that with trey lance where it's like this guy can do everything he's a little bit better of an athlete this guy can do everything he played in no man's land with nobody but like i can just project this guy into superstardom Um, I do see that a little bit with, with Trey Lance. And I think the fact that Mahomes and, and Allen have both been so successful means that you now have to move up to three to get that guy, whereas you could have moved to 10 and or seven to get those guys in the past. So um, let's talk. Uh, so, so you're, you're saying fields as well. Yep. I, I think, my, my I think it's, so somebody on Twitter, you know, who we, I think we really like quite a bit was just like, so assume it goes Lawrence Wilson fields 95, 99% of the time. And I go, I think it's way closer to a coin flip than it is 99 one or 95 mm-hmm. five or whatever, mm-hmm. you know, whatever we had put in. Um, and, and so, but if I, w- if I were San Francisco, I'd take fields like that. And, 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 and since the market sort of feels that way too, like that's where I'm going. Um, I've, I've warmed up a little on Lance, but to me, Lance is a player who should be, who I think Lance is, is more of a value pick for and beyond. I, I just don't think, uh, trading up for a top three pick to take a player who has basically one FCS season under his belt is well advised. Although the Houston Oilers did it 95 with Steve McNair. That's like the last time that's really mm-hmm. been the case. And let's be clear, the whole oh, Mahomes, Carson Wentz, I'm sorry. Like, if you're thinking about the Mahomes-Kansas City analog, like, there was way, way fewer question marks about Mahomes than there are Trey Lance. So that's why I brought up the Josh Allen things. It's like, accuracy is a question. Uh, who they played against is a question. All those things. Yeah. Um, let's talk about the Miami one. Both of us on uh, the emergency podcast on Friday liked the idea of them essentially making one trade that goes from three to six picks up an additional first rounder and our um as usual timo risque pff underscore moo brings up some good points about well why would you make that second trade you know you've gotten this haul you've moved back to 12 why would you make this second trade it's it's negative ev on its face so how are you viewing the miami move two moves or one well, I can okay. So here's a couple things. They're not necessarily not taking a quarterback there, and the fourth quarterback, Lance, in all likelihood, might be. So if you, if if this draft goes three quarterbacks, Atlanta stays put and takes Kyle Pitts. Let's say mm-hmm. Cincinnati takes Penesul. Mm-hmm. You're sitting there in your Miami at six, and you are you have the pick of the top wide receiver in college in the draft. Ooh. You're also, and, and so 
you look at that offense, it's, it's you know, uh, Devontae Parker, former first-round pick, Jamar Chase, let's say, Jakeem Grant, Preston Williams, Mike Kosicki. Like, that's a good offense, right? You're getting, like, if you're at six, right, and it goes QB, 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 you're getting one of Sewell, who's minus uh, 1,000 to be the number one O-lineman. Uh, you're getting Chase, who's minus 225, to be the number one wide receiver. Or you're getting Kyle Pitts. Who I think that, that prop is off the board because it's such a lock. Mm-hmm. You're getting one of the best players at those positions. Or if Lance doesn't go in one of – you get the pick of one of, of two of those players. Or if Lance doesn't go off the board in pick four or five, you might have a groundswell of teams, let's say. And you have enough plausible deniability at six – with your QB and, and Tua that you could say, Hey, Detroit, if you want to move up and get the quarterback of the mm-hmm. future, you better mm-hmm. give us a little bit of, yes. If a Carolina, if you want the quarterback of your future, better, better move up here. Um, if you're, you know, Denver, right? Like Denver could, or like, we've also seen this before Morris Claiborne. We've seen this. Hey, Jerry, how would Kyle Pitts look yeah, in yeah. silver and white, right? Mm-hmm. Like the, the, the possibilities there. And, and here's my thing. Like, this might be speaking out of both sides of my mouth, but like one of the things that one of the points I made on Friday was once you have enough first round picks, mm-hmm. the marginal value to you of each of them is not quite as big because you have to play all them and then you have to extend all of them. And then you're dealing with financial, a financial situation. It's a little lopsided, right? Yeah. So I did. So again, I, me, I agree with Timo. I agree with the yeah. math and all that kind of stuff, but I do see some merit in sort of like, getting a position at six and just saying, look, like we, this is a pivot point in the entire draft and, and I want to be there. I don't mind it at all. This was, I'm glad you brought that point up because I had two points to make on this. The first was, I don't think they're, they've locked in on picking at six and knowing the cadence that you expect with quarterbacks and how many good quarterbacks there are, or how many quarterbacks in the minds of many there are that are good you put yourself in a position to gain more information and then move back if you want to and pick up another first, right? So you would move back, not all the way to 12. And I view 12 as a kind of shitty position because the the stud players are going to be gone at that point. You can still, you can stay at six, either take, and I would guess that at six, they've got one or two guys who are like, if this guy's there, we're taking them. And I, my guess is if you're, you know, if you're there, you're like, it's Jamar Chase. That, let's say it's Jamar Chase, right? And the reason that I want Jamar Chase is I have to know about Tua this year. I have to. So waiting at 12 and hoping, and at 12, who's the best receiver you're getting? Jalen Waddle. I need Jamar you're, you're Chase. You're getting a defensive Pitts. player in all likelihood, right? Yes. If you want the best yes. at a certain position, you're probably yeah. like Micah Parsons or Quiddy okay. Pay or Christian Barmore. Like that that's an even better pit. point, though, because you have to know about Tua. You have to bring in a talented pass catcher. It, you know, you have to give them the whole thing, right? And imagine this: Jamar Chase, Will Fuller, Devontae Parker, like amazing. Kyle Pitts, Will Fuller, Devontae Parker. That will allow you to say, "Hey, Tua, y- y- you've got everything you need here. Make it happen." And you've seen receivers in their first year make huge contributions right off the bat. So don't give me that, right? Justin Jefferson from LSU just a year ago. So to me, both of those points together give me 
I have no problem with and I understand where Timo's coming from, but I think you are denying the fact that they're still, you know, things they're not locked in. They can still move. Yeah. Well, and again, the existence of Mac Jones and the existence of Trey Lance means that in like the, like, let's say a team trades up with the Bengals and takes Mac Jones at five and then you're getting the best non quarterback in the draft too. Mm -hmm. Like Mm -hmm. there's, there's there's a lot of outs there and i think the problem is i could be wrong but i think on draft day you're paying up more right you're if you really want the sixth pick you're 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 paying up more on draft day now it like and and look from philadelphia standpoint i like the trade too like i that's the Mm -hmm. side of it i'll say like maybe both teams didn't like it's the same thing with the niners like i actually really like the niners you know moving up even though like if you don't factor in quarterback, they lost the trade by a right. mile. If you factor in quarterback, that's what makes the pick sort of the tr- trade a win-win for both of these teams because of the way that QB is valued here. It, it's probably the same thing. Like Philadelphia is in a situation right now where the best of anything doesn't really help them that much. They and and like we'll make fun of this now, but like the Dolphins in the first year of their tank went Christian Wilkins at like thirteen, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And then like the the Carolina Panthers, I don't like the Derek Brown pick, but I can understand it kind of in the sense of like, there was not one player that was going to make Carolina better. So they just kind of like took, you know, a well-regarded player there. I don't know if that's actually like what Philly's going to do, but they're in a position where it makes some sense to do so now at 12, as opposed to six, you might get a play. Like, I I don't know. My, My issue with Philly is like, if you pick at 12, you're much more likely picking at six again, right? Which is exactly what you want if you're in this rebuild. I, I agree with that. And the one thing that'll be interesting from Philly's standpoint is whether this means they have, like, I could see them going with like JC Horn or something like that, you know, and yeah. like either getting him at 12 or, or trading back even further. Um, but it's, a, it, they need to accumulate picks. We talked about this already. And it's not like the tough thing for them is, you want to find out about Jalen Hurts, but you, I think they're in less of a desperate situation than say the Dolphins are, where like the cost of moving away from Jalen Hurts is zero. You know, like you just go pick at six again, right? But the Dolphins, Dolphins are going to have to make some moves to get off of Tua because they're going to be good. Whereas with the Eagles, like they're going to suck. You know, so like they're going to be able to move up and get their quarterback next year if they want him. And you've got Rager, who you expect to improve a little bit. And you've got Goddard like, you know, so it's less about finding, you know, is this my franchise guy? So that's why I I really like it from Philly's perspective. Um, And Miami, like Miami's in a difficult spot because you look at that division and the Jets are probably going to have a really high end quarterback now. mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. the the bills are a top five franchise in the NFL. So like to compete, right. You are going to, it's not good enough. It's weird to say like, I'm pro QB on rookie deal because the bar is so much lower, mm-hmm. but like Tua might actually have to become like a superstar, even on a rookie deal for you to compete on a regular basis in the AFC East, as weird as that sounds. And, and Bill is like not giving up either, right? Like this is a tough division now. Mm-hmm. And so when I look, at Miami, to your point, like Tua's a very, a very big point here. And, and, you know, it could be two and done, even if he's like, okay, like if he plays 10% better than he did last year, they're moving on. Real quick, who should trade for Jimmy G? 
Oh, wow. That's a good one. Um, Apparently the Patriots aren't in. I know that's like the answer du jour, but who's a non-Patriots team? Here's, here's one I I like Denver. That's that that was the one I was going to say too. It makes so much sense. I mean, they have pass catchers that'll get open. Um, and he would be a huge upgrade. I have to look at their cap space. I'm assuming they have enough under the cap to make something work there. I mean, the Niners can't be choosers at this point. They've already – their cards are laying on the table, so it's not like do they you, can't, like, do you believe, eat a little bit of it. Do you believe the Niners when they say we're keeping Jimmy G? I don't know. I mean, so what did it – what did it feel like? Because it, it's never ha- – like, the Alex Smith thing was, like, the only time it's ever really happened, right? Like, mm-hmm. the Jags started yeah. Henny for three games, and they wanted to start Henny the whole year. And it just was so pear-shaped that they went with Bortles, like, almost immediately. And, like, I look at – like, I, I think the Alex Smith thing is sort of, like, the the way in which, like, everybody's like, oh, well, you don't have to start the guy right away. But, like, in most cases, you start the guy right away. So, But, but the, the difference is that the Jaguars suck. And the, the Niners, team, yeah, right. The Niners are unique in that they are a good team with a great coach. The, the, those don't happen. That's why we don't see it that often because it's like, oh, yeah, we're going to let him learn on this guy. Well, actually, this is a dumpster fire of a team. And so it doesn't matter that your average quarterback is there. Like, this is going to be bad. True. I, I, yeah, Miami was similar too, right? Once Miami got good, mm-hmm. they, they, they were kind of like, well, but the plan is to play Tua, so mm-hmm. we're going to play Tua, and you know, ultimately, I think that was the right decision because, you know, they weren't going to do much in the playoffs anyway, and they at least got some information on Tungabaloa, but like, but with, yeah, it, it was even. But I'll say this: it was a mistake for Kansas City not to play Mahomes down the stretch in seventeen. So like. That's the thing I think when people look at the situations like when has this ever really worked? It worked in the Mahomes case, but not not necessarily for the right reasons. Hashtag right because you know because Mahomes should have played in the, if Mahomes plays in the playoff game against Tennessee. Like think about the AFC in 2017. The Jags were in the AFC title game. If Mahomes and, is quarterbacking the Chiefs, they might make the Super Bowl that year. Let me ask you. I mean, because here's the thing: it's what's the counterfactual? Like th- this is an incredible story. The Patriots who played the Chiefs the opening week of that season were preparing for Mahomes to start because when they watch the preseason tape, they go, "Uh, you're not starting this guy. Yeah, yeah, this is not So so like the idea that Mahomes was not ready and would have been bad. Mahomes would have set all the rookie records. Okay. Just, just shut the fuck up. He would have set all the rookie records. You wouldn't be talking about Justin Herbert's rookie records because Mahomes would have already set them. And, um, you know, we'd be having a much different conversation here. It can work both ways. But you're right. I mean, the one, and this is a long time ago, this is before rookie deals were as much of a deal now, but the, the San Diego chargers did the thing with rivers and, and breeze Mm. And Breeze had been so bad in 2003 that he was benched a number of times. They kept him around. He ends up taking two years of being a very good quarterback for San Diego. Leaves to free agency to the Saints after getting hurt. And, you know, that could be a possibility too. The issue is, is like, if Jimmy G plays well, right, well enough to get the Niners back to the Super Bowl, let's say, there's a lot of egg on your face for moving up for, for Justin Fields or Trey Lance, Ben. It, it's mm-hmm. it's hard. I mean, there's a lot of – and the humility part of it, like Alex Smith led the NFL in passer rating the year 
that Mahomes was beneath him and, you know, Reed just traded him. And I think everybody sort of understood why, but maybe better just trade Jimmy G right away. But I, I, I would say I'm 50, 50. I think there's a 50% chance Garoppolo makes it to, to the, um, to the, uh, let's say training camp with the Niners. Yeah. I, I am not writing it off either. Cause I think they'll be good. Uh, they'll be very, they could be good to very good with him as they were a couple of years ago. Um, so if we're looking at the markets, Lawrence lock at one, Wilson is pretty close to a lock. As you mentioned now, minus 500 to go two. we have fields as the slight favorite at three. And then at four, it gets a little interesting. Um, would you say that the markets right now are leaning fields, right? Because, or uh, sorry, leaning chase right now. And then you would have Sewell and then Pitts. Well, I'll say this. Atlanta is still the second favorite to take. Um, if you take team to draft player, Lance is plus 400 to the Falcons and Fields is plus 400 to the Falcons. So that's the second favorite. Uh, Panthers also plus 400 to take Fields, plus 600 to take Lance. So when I look at the market here, like I think quarterback, I think people believe that quarterback is 100% in play here for the Falcons. And and I'd be and I'd be you know remiss if I didn't actually sort of like just go and say you know that's a possibility. However, I do think just by the the way Ryan's contract is is set up by the fact that Atlanta has a number of holes on the team, um, I would be surprised if they took a quarterback. So I would probably and we got mocked for this. But you look at Julio's 32 years old. I showed you some data today. Mm. Not getting any faster, not getting any younger. Uh, Calvin Ridley is not not yet signed on his rookie deal. You might want some leverage there um, as you go into negotiations, negotiations with him. So I'm going to go Jamar Chase at four if I had to. Yeah, I, I agree. And I, I don't care. People mocking us, whatever. I mean, um, you know, who cares? And then uh, so- Daniel. I would be Sewell and then six is a really another interesting pivot spot, right? Because we figure if Miami stays there, Pitts certainly in play, probably Devonte Smith in play as well. Um, yeah. And then you've got the quarter, you know, the teams that are looking to potentially move up for a quarterback and you'd figure Lance and Jones, you know, both there in the top 10 as well. Jones prop now at nine and a half, as we mentioned on Friday, yeah. uh, it was 18 and a half when it opened. Yeah. Feed your whole I family. Would say, I would say Miami. Out. There, you're going with Pitts. Mm-hmm. I agree. But I would take Pitts at six. There, um, Detroit's got, really the the interesting. Detroit at pivot. seven is interesting. Yeah, because if you go, so if you go Detroit at seven, like here's a really here's a here's a thought. He's minus three hundred five to be the first linebacker taken. Dan Campbell is a bite you by the kneecaps coach. Eating kneecaps, correct. I think Parsons might be the like this is if you if you have if you're looking for a way in which Parsons gets picked in the top ten, it's to Detroit. Yeah, or or one of the the defensive linemen. Yes. I, I just don't see I just don't think the market believes that one of the Lyman, edge yeah. players is a top ten pick. I agree. Yeah, but so I, I think Parsons would go to Detroit at seven. And then and then what do you think about so then Carolina at eight would be the classic land spot, right? I agree. I, I think for sure. And and um I think it makes sense. You've got an innovative head coach, or uh, sorry, 
innovative offensive coordinator soon to be head coach and Joe Brady, who would, would be able to, um, to create an offense that would help that young quarterback more than a lot of other places. Um, and then that leaves, that leaves Denver in a position where they're going to galaxy brain themselves and sticking with drew lock. Um, and but, that's but this is where the, we use the market. So the nine and a half that, that Denver's the pivot there, right? Yep. So if you go Jones at 10, I think that does make sense. Yeah. And then Dallas, Dallas, I think you, you go Sertan. Sertan or Horn. Yep. You mentioned JC, JC Horn had an incredible pro day. And so, um, yeah, I think his Sertan awesome minus there. 150 to be the first corner sort of separating himself from Farley, but Horn has gone from the eight to one. We talked about the other day to, to I believe plus 275 or plus 250 or something like that. All right, we're going to get to the 17th game analysis here in just a second. But first, actually, I'm going to tease it. You're going to talk about, you're going to give some forecasts of the market. And there's a place where you can actually go. There's a market for sports teams. It's called Symbol, S-I-M-B-U-L-L. And it's basically a stock market for sports teams. It's awesome. You can go buy shares of your favorite team or a team that's being undervalued. You can hold those shares. You can then sell them when they go up in price. And when they win games, you're going to collect a dividend. It's symbol, S-I-M-B-U-L-L dot A-P-P slash P-F-F and use promo code P-F-F and you'll get with a $10 deposit. That's it. Just $10, Eric. You get a PFF Edge subscription, an annual one. It costs you $40 normally for free. NFL Draft Guide comes with that. It just came out. One more game per team, more dividends per share. Good point. Who, you, you've been buying some symbol lately. Who have you bought recently? Some Denver, some Carolina, basically mm-hmm. any team. And again, famous last words that I thought was going to trade for uh, one to Sean Watson. However, the market has sort of agreed. Those, those shares have gone up. Um, one to take a look at right now, the New York Jets. Yeah. Zach Wilson, he looks pretty fucking good. Simple, S-I-M-B-U-L-L dot A-P-P slash P-F-F, promo code P-F-F gets you a free P-F-F Edge annual subscription with a $10 deposit. Go make it happen. And of course, last but not least, I got to let you know the March Madness is happening and DraftKings Sportsbook has you covered. Use promo code PFF when you download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and get 100 to 1 odds on any team in the tournament. Now, they're, they're dwindling there, but I bet you can still pick yourself a winner. Bet you can do it. Gonzaga, I don't know, they're killing people, um, although they're going to have to play the Pac-12 this, this week. Okay, so watch out. This is where I think they might get upset. So maybe you take USC or whoever the hell they're playing. Anyways, go to the DraftKings Sportsbook app. Use that promo code PFF. Get that. It was 100 to 1 odds. It is a fantastic opportunity. And then you take that $100 and you go bet them on draft props. Hopefully you can get one as good as Mac Jones under 18 and a half. If it's up there, we'll let you know. Remember, you must be 21 or older. New Jersey, Indiana, Pennsylvania only. This is for new customers. Restrictions do apply. See DraftKings.com slash Sportsbook for details. If you have a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER or in Indiana, 1-800-9-WITH-IT. All right. Now, let's talk about the 17th game. It's going to be a lot of fun. Let's get to it. All right. Let's talk about the 17-week season. Or not 17-week season. 17-games. The reason I keep saying weeks is because there's going to be no extra bye week. Which is um, utterly crazy. Isn't that nuts? The, I, NFL, I the NFL tried two bye weeks in 1993. This will be the second time a week 18 has showed up in NFL Jesus. But they w- apparently they went away from the two-week bye, which I just, like, 
let's talk business for a second, George. No one, uh, the average NFL fan is still a fan of one team, but the growing fan base in the NFL is gambling and fantasy. And I got to say, George, I've never seen you despondent because the Niners had a bye week. It's a really good point. You, you could, you could, you could make this this season like this was always my take. I said keep it sixteen weeks and add an extra bye week. You get another week of revenue, and you would see some drop off per week, but it would now be nowhere you, near. You mean sixteen games now? Another another week. Sixteen yeah. games in eighteen weeks, mm-hmm. and it would be different now than it was in 93 because sports betting's a thing. You're getting 18 regular season weeks of sports betting, fantasy DFS. And yes, the, the avid fan who only watches their team's games, they'll drop off one week, right? More, but like guys like you and me who are fans of the whole league, that's just another week of revenue from us. And like, you didn't need, and granted, 70 weeks, I'm not, I'm not, I don't like, I think player safety thing obviously is important, but it, it's not the work. You're getting an extra week now, which is obviously going to be more money, but did you need to have every team play an extra game is my question. I, I think the answer is no. I agree that the answer is no. I do think the way that they structured those games is interesting because you get some really cool matchups whether those matchups end up being really cool because they're being played as the last game is very peculiar to me. So when you look at, for example, Packers chiefs is one of the games that will be played because what they're doing is they're saying, which out of conference division did you guys play two seasons ago? We're then going to match those divisions up and it's going to be seed versus seed. So one seed versus one seed, two seed versus two seed, three seed versus three seed. So you've got the AFC West and the NFC North. They played two seasons ago. The Packers won the division last year. The Chiefs won the division last year. They play each other as that 17th game this season. The problem is those are both the best teams in the division again. So what are the chances that you actually get Mahomes Rogers in that game instead of just garbage? Right. Cause, cause we, I mean, Using two seasons ago, the fallibility in that is obviously you like we, games that we think are going to be good on Sunday football get flexed out by like week 11 because some just, team like doesn't perform well. Just or, using last year, right? Yeah, I mean, yeah. so they're using last year's seeds again, you know, like that's what they're doing here, Packers, Chiefs, but the division matchups are from two seasons ago. Yeah, yeah. But the, but, the point, the point is if you're even trying to match up one versus one, okay. Yeah, there's a chance that it's not one versus one again, but there's also a really good chance that if it is one versus one again, neither of those teams are playing their starters. And then the problem with that, Eric, is that not only do you have fan bases checked out, but it's shittier for fantasy players and gamblers too. Are we are we sure that that's going to be the last game of the season? Are we just sure that that's the 17th game? Oh, that's a good point. I just figured 17th game is the last game of the season. Yeah, the... If, if what you're saying is true, yeah. I mean, like Chargers, Vikings, but can you imagine the, the amount of shit both teams are going to put their yeah. fan bases through in the first 16 weeks, let alone a week seven, a week 18 that's, game game? That's 17? a good point. I'm making an assumption because they're calling it the 17th game, but, but I don't, I that, think they shouldn't be, do that. They yeah. shouldn't do that. That's yeah, good. But, now you just listen to my rant for no reason. You're <laughs> but no, but, but, but you make some sense though. I mean, there's, and that was why. Again, one of the reasons why I think 16 games was a good number because the it does create an imbalance. So, mm-hmm. like, sure, you have 
the whole AFC is going to have nine home games one year and then eight the next, right? There's so the, you can balance that out a little bit, mm-hmm. but there's also to your point, like the Chiefs are going to have a harder schedule, like three games harder now than the Las Vegas Raiders are going to have, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And there, there's no guarantee that that's going to actually be the case as far as like you don't know that, um, you know, like you said, the things could get jumbled up, but it just adds an equity. This gets us back again to like the early 90s when like, you know, you used to have like, it didn't always used to be that you played the certain team out of conference. You know, there, yeah, there yeah. used to be like the Vikings would play the Broncos like three years in a row or they'd play the Phoenix Cardinals twice in one season. And then always like the imbalances were so stark. The 16 game schedule gave like every team in the division had the same games except for two. And again, once you get away from the power of two, it's sort of like, this is kind of a hodgepodge thing. Now, there's some cool games on this list as we'll go over, but that doesn't mean that it's going to be completely fair. So you, now I'm, now I'm flip-flopping. I'm all over the place today, but now I'm, now I'm thinking about the same. Okay. Let's say they don't, let's say they make these games, you know, they try and put them in a spot where they're meaningful to rationalize the fact that they put the 17th game in. So let's say Packers chiefs happens first half of the season. Both teams are playing all of their guys. Whereas you have the Denver Broncos, who are they playing? They're playing at home against the Lions. Okay. So I actually think this is an opportunity to get even more value at, on some division props. We're going to talk about, about totals here in a second, but like, that's a huge benefit. The Broncos are playing a bad team at home and, and the AFC gets all the home games. The chiefs are playing at home. Sure. But against a potentially very good team and a very good quarterback. Right. And we saw this year, how much home field didn't matter in large part because like you, the better teams are better at playing on the road and, uh, and taking advantage of those things. So it's an opportunity, I think, to find some, some opportunity there because teams that were bad last year get to play another bad team. And if you're an AFC team, you get to play them at home. Um, so we talked about the Broncos division prop at 14 to one, um, who would be another example of that. You might look at a team like the Titans, the Titans have to play the Saints, whereas you look at a team like the Jaguars, well, they get to play the Falcons. Falcons are going to be great this year. But you, you get what I'm saying. You can kind of go through and pick off where a team that is on the come up gets another easy game when the team they're trying to unseat has to play another very challenging game. Yeah, like if you look at the San Francisco 49ers, for example, like they get to face the Bengals and like that's a road game, but they'll have their biggest fan there in PFF <laughs> underscore George. Absolutely. That's another one. Whereas you also look, for example, Packers fans travel really well. Packers at Chiefs is going to have a lot of a a lot of Packers fans. Good point. That's a really good point. Um, So we guessed all the win totals with a 16 game schedule. How would you just like on the face of it? How would you go about adjusting win totals? Do you think that the market will get it right? Or do you think this gives us, do you think this gives us another opportunity to find value? I think you have to go unders on, on NFC teams more probably because again, like you're probably going to see like a correction of like half a game for Mm -hmm. every team, but the NFC teams, their extra game is a road game. And again, road, road, you know, home road advantage might be different again this year. And so I would I would give the NFC and the NFC is the worst conference too. like True. if you look at all the smart teams are all in the AFC. So to me, like, I don't think I can be on an NFC over this year. 
that was the same takeaway I had. I was like, wow. So the AFC just gets to play all at home again and they're better. Um, That I also think, um, uh, well, I I was basically going to kind of end up making the same point. I'm looking at the schedule once again. I'm like, you know, there are certain teams where they are playing a worse team. And so you'll be able to build that in. Right. And like, you know, it shouldn't be just a half across the board, really. Right. Like, Yes, the, the Chiefs should probably get, you know, six-tenths of a win, right? They're playing at home um, against the Packers. But you, you have some teams, like, that are getting to play a really, a really bad team, and they could be good. Um, I'm trying to look for, for a really good example here. Um, the Dolphins get to play at home against the Giants, for example. The Giants are not a great team. Um, yeah, the, AFC East, the AFC East gets the NFC East, mm-hmm. and the NFC East is terrible. So, like... You get you get that there, which is which is a, a solid come up for them, um, and they also get them all at home, right? So the Jets, Patriots, Dolphins, Bills get their extra opponent at home, and those extra opponents are, are trash. To your point, um, you look at the NFC South, for example, you know the AFC. So like the mm-hmm. AFC South, I think is going to be really bad. You look at the NFC South, we're we're looking at teams like Atlanta, we're looking at teams like Carolina, possibly yeah, New Orleans, play or the Texans and the Jags. Or not very good. Like we don't think they're going to be all that great, but they might be. So to, to sort of contradict my point about NFC teams, they might be NFC teams I might look over to because it's sneakily road games, but they're road games against a division that I think is going to be a lot worse than the market would probably indicate. Yeah, let's. You want to get some lines for some of these? Let's games? get some lines. I, I did. Okay, somebody, somebody in the somebody in the iTunes uh, a comment said. Why are you picking? Why are you picking? You know, sixteen game win totals. If you don't even, and I'm like, I'm like, well, this was not official yet. We didn't know where the teams were. Plus, it was all in the language that we're used to. It was a fun exercise. Football's fun. Don't take yourself too seriously. We'll do the seventeen. We we'll have the now, seventeen. We, we have the baseline, yeah. and now we'll be able to just run through them and go, hey. This is that 17 game. Can you imagine being, being somebody listening to this show, George? We've given you Zach Wilson minus 167 to be the second pick. We've given you we've Mac given you Jones. Jones under 18. <laughs> you have a nine pick middle now if you want it, people. You're the, welcome. And you're and you're gonna complain about, about us picking win totals for 16 game seasons when it wasn't even announced until literally today that there was a 17th game. Get a grip unbelievable we also gave you bucks super bowl futures just saying i'm just saying um okay let's start with packers chiefs in kansas city uh, so we'll pretend these are like opening week games um i would i really hope that they put uh these games up there at some point here i'm gonna go chiefs minus three and a half i think it's two and a half really well, for Look one, I you. think home field advantage is not going to be as big of a deal because if it's a full stadium, you will see a lot of – you saw a lot of Vikings fans when they played in the Matt Moore game. You're going to see a lot Counter, of Packers fans. Counter argument. These fans have not been able to fill a stadium in a while. I believe that there will be more fans of the teams in home cities going to games because they're like, hey – I don't know what could happen. This may be my last time. You know, I may get the Wuhan virus. Second counterpoint. We talked (laughs) about this a lot. We don't want to be economic forecasters here, but this summer economically, I think it's going to be pretty hot. People with the stimulus and people with, 
you know, money saved up. They're gonna be traveling. This is the forecast. Some guy, some guy from Manitowoc is gonna be like, I'm saving <laughs> my money to go to Kansas City Stop. and watch my my Stop. Green Bay Packers go play the Kansas City Chiefs. Like that's happening. I'm selling my third of a Bitcoin yeah. uh, that I bought with my stimmies. Um, you cannot buy a third of a Bitcoin with your stimmies, by the way. Um, okay, so you're you're uh, bearish on your Chiefs. I'm glad we've established that. Let's go. Uh, let's let's run down. I'll, I'll skip some of the more boring games. Um, Raiders Bears is interesting though. It's in Las Vegas. Yeah, I think I'm going to go with Raiders minus two and a half. I'm going. Um, I'm going Raiders minus one. Dalton uh, and Carr, sort of like the Carr is better than Dalton, but not by that much. I got to say something. I'm nervous about the Raiders. I'm being nervous. bad. Yeah, I mean, I want to see the Raiders be good. I'm nervous. Um, yeah. Chargers and Justin Herbert against Kirk Cousins and the Vikings. I will go Chargers. Um, I'm going all in. Chargers minus three. I hate doing that. I think it's going to be a pick em. Wow. Chargers have no home field advantage, really. The Vikings are, and I hate to say it, the Vikings are beloved by the markets. Like, yeah. I don't know, like, and, and so I think they'll be, they'll be, um, I think they'll be a pick em in this game. Um, even if it's week one, like, Everybody's going to convince themselves a lot. Oh, that's right. It's week one. Okay. Week one. I was going like week seven. The Chargers have gotten off to their nice hot start. You're right. If it's week one, it's definitely closer to a pick. Um, Let's go through some of the more exciting ones. Browns hosting the Cardinals. We were on the Browns when they went to Arizona two years ago, Mm -hmm. and the Browns got spanked. So, like, I'm thinking about here, I'll probably go Browns minus three and a half. Ooh, I'm going Browns minus three. The, another team okay. that the that people are going to love are the Cardinals. Now, this is one where I think it depends on the weather. If this is the first game of the season, second game of the season, the weather's fine. Um, but uh, I am way more worried about the Cardinals if it's like, you know, windy and blustery, given that they play in the arid desert inside. Um, let's do uh, Colts at home against the Buccaneers. Tampa is going to be three and a half point favorites. And that's it? Dome. That's it. I'm going. I'm going. Tampa minus five and a half. But you, you remember the Colts were favored at home against Baltimore last year. They were favored at home against Green Bay last year. The market loves the Colts, and they love the Colts at home. And Week One, everybody's gonna be talking about Carson Wentz for vital. We're gonna get a couple preseason games this year. Wentz is gonna have the the camo on his arm. Yep, He's yep. slinging the ball around. I feel Good like. Point. I think I, I I think Tampa's gonna be favored, but I don't think it's gonna be like a touchdown. Uh, like okay. it would otherwise be. All right, here's another good one. Uh, Ravens at home against the Rams. This is one of the good games. Like, I think Packers-Chiefs is a great one. I think uh, I, I do like this one as well. Um, I think the Ravens will be laying two and a half. I think the Rams are going to be the market's darling this year. People are going to love betting the Rams until it gets to like week eight and Goff, um, sorry, Freudian, uh, Stafford, it's like six point seven yards or pass attempt. I th- initially think this could be even closer to this could be more of a pick. Um, now I know two and a half is under three, but um, man, I, I 
I'm also nervous about the fact that the best receiver the Ravens could get was Sammy Watkins. Um, Bills at home against the Washington football team. The Bills are going to be six and a half point favorites. I was going to go four and a half. I'm riding with my guy Fitzpatrick. Um, and let's do one more Patriots at home against the Cowboys. Patriots at home. Give me, I think it's going to be a pick. Yeah, I actually think the Cowboys would be favored by two and a half. Um, and I would probably bet the Patriots. Um, okay, that was that was it. We'll uh, we'll guess more. I don't want to anger the people who hate the guessing game too much. This was uh, the PFF forecast on a beautiful Sunday evening. We will see you guys on Wednesday. Thank you for hanging out. Again, head to pff.com, the draft guide, as I mentioned at the beginning of the podcast. The new one drops on Monday. So go get yourself some. See you guys. In the dark, you shine.